It's the Podcast the News show, where the editors of podcastthenews.com share their insights on a wide range of podcasting topics. Welcome to episode number 24 of Podcaster News Show. My name is Sean Thorpe. And I'm Jen Thorpe. And we are back to go over some podcasting-related news items that uh, just didn't quite make the the main blog over at the website. So, Jen, what's the first item on our list? Okay, the first item of our on our list uh, comes from Book Riot, and the title is 25 Outstanding Podcasts for Readers. And it caught my attention because I like to read, and I've been reading a lot forever, really. Um, and it's a podcast list, you know, so it wasn't really something we could write up without just like stealing things right off of this list. But I wanted to point out a couple of the ones they selected. They had a total of 25 for you to look at. And I think the one that uh, really caught my attention first was one called Mugglecast. Okay. And it is a Harry Potter oriented podcast. Uh, it apparently is the most listened to Harry Potter podcast on the web. Um, and they've had at least 284 episodes, and so they're still talking about stuff in the Harry Potter universe, which I thought was kind of interesting, because, I mean, the series has ended. It's over. The movies are done. Uh, what else is there to say? Apparently a lot. Well, I know that there have been some, you know, fairly long-running Harry Potter fan casts going back quite a ways. I remember that there was a really popular one. I think it was called MuggleNet but I don't know that this MuggleCast is related to that. But regardless, as is so often the case with so many of these franchises where, you know, I've enjoyed the Harry Potter books, Mm -hmm. but I don't consider myself to be a huge fan of the franchise. So I'm kind of on the outside as far as that's concerned. But regardless of how much new content they, they may have to discuss, the fans themselves still have plenty to say. So, Well, that's true. Like, I've seen on Tumblr a lot of people writing things that aren't just, like, you know, fanfic or not-safe-for-work fanfic, which I don't read, but things like there was this, I don't know who wrote it, but the idea was, okay, so you have a student at Hogwarts that's a Muslim. How does she make things work? How does she make sure that, you know, the potions she's using have things she's allowed to use that match her religion and just things like that? And and there was another one about uh, a girl who was in the same class as Harry Potter but was so frustrated because... And it wasn't Hermione. It was like a non-existing character in the series um, that was always frustrated because she was just trying to get her education, you know, as a good wizard. And here's Harry Potter, like, you know, canceling uh, classes and and uh, exams because, you know, he's found a monster in the bathroom and that kind of thing, you know. So maybe they talk about that. I might have to give this one a listen and see, you know, what's up with that. Another one that I thought was at least a pretty interesting title is called Drunk Booksellers. <laughs> see, that one was on my list, too. Yeah, Drunk Booksellers. So it's a podcast by people that are professional booksellers um, and who also enjoy a good drink. So I'm guessing that the people in it actually sold books for a living. If you've ever worked for Barnes & Noble, which I have, uh, your title is Bookseller. So I, I got to right. wonder if that's where they were and that's where it's coming from. And oh my, the things I could say from the time that I worked you know, at a couple of different yeah. stores. And 
Uh, I've written about them in haiku, but I haven't really done a podcast about it. But oh my, there could be some interesting things in that one. And I like that it's on this list because it's not about specific books. It's kind of about, you know, the people that have to search for them when you come in and say, it was here last Christmas and it was read. You know, <laughs> and that's all they know, that kind of thing. So that that was kind of an interesting thing on there. Did anything on the list catch your attention other than the two I've named? Well, I mean, I, I couldn't help but catch the drunk booksellers thing because you know my first thought was oh well i i've i've kind of lived with that yeah uh, yeah there were days i came home and needed alcohol so i understand that one entirely well i think there's some cool stuff in here i mean i like this the first one here is uh big planet comics and this is actually a podcast that's produced by employees of a mid-atlantic comic book store and i love that kind of stuff because I think it sort of does two things. I mean, these are people who are obviously way into comics. So the things they have to say will come from, you know, a place of being passionate about them and informed about them, which, you know, are good traits to have if you're going to create a podcast about something. But also, it's a nice kind of promotional piece for the stores themselves. So, it sort of has that dual nature about it, and I like that. And then there was another one here, the Disney Story Origins podcast. And it says the here that, as the title implies, uh, the uh, podcast investigates the literary, cultural, and historical origins of Disney's most beloved tales. And that could be interesting for a number of reasons, because, you know, we've all seen the different... Disney movies and the various franchises and stuff, but so many of them going back to, you know, Walt Disney's time really borrow from old, you know, fictions and fairy tales legends and, and fairy tales you know, and stuff. Like that. Yeah. And in some cases, the source material is a lot more darker and way more gruesome. Oh, than... absolutely. Like if you look up the origin <laughs> of the little mermaid, yeah, you know, that one uh, is quite gruesome, but so are some of the rest. And so I was wondering when I looked at this one on the list, like how are they going to get by with a Disney thing? You know, Disney's pretty proprietary, right? But if they're talking about the stories that inspired the Disney movies or, you know, gave them the plot line or the characters or that kind of thing, then they're not really talking about Disney itself anymore. They're kind of, you know, branching out on things that, you know, no one's going to come after them if they talk about. So I think that yeah. might be an interesting one as well. But I think perhaps if you absolutely love Disney and you had really no knowledge of any of the origins of the story before, um, I think it might creep you out a bit. You right. know, if you see Disney as this like, you know, all these movies are shiny, happy, you know happy ending, everything goes well in the end kind of things. And now you've tied it to something that's a lot darker. You might have a different view, you know, it might right. make you see things differently. But if you already know, if you have like a clue about kind of where some of that comes from, I think this might be a great podcast to listen to. Yeah. So the next item on our list here uh, has kind of an odd title, but it was called to, and I believe this is pronounced Tau, T-O-W, uh, to Tau Center Repodcasting. And this was posted by Dave Weiner on the Scripting News website. And to give a little background here as to why I thought this was worth mentioning, Dave Weiner, for those who are not so informed on uh, 
the history of podcasting is the guy that essentially created the RSS 2.0 spec that kind of gives podcasting its subscribability function. And there's a lot to kind of go over here, but on this blog entry that he posted, uh, these are some thoughts that he had fired off to this Tau Center. It's the TOW Center for Digital Journalism, which is part of the uh, Columbia College graduate school system. And they produced a podcasting guide. And I went over it earlier today, you know, after I read what Dave Weiner wrote. And there is a lot of, you know, good and useful information in there. And certainly, I think it's worth reading, regardless of whatever criticisms Dave Weiner may have levied against them. But I think we're in a place where there's going to be, I don't know if war is the right word, but there's going to be a lot of activity, I think, over the next year regarding the history of of podcasting, especially in the early days. There are a lot of forces at work right now that are trying to, I don't want to say reframe uh, the, the history of podcasting in a certain way, but the other issue we're running into is there's just a lot of kind of misinformation and kind of half information and, you know, sources that are writing things now that weren't around back in 2004, 2005, or before, whatever the case may right, be. Right, right. And I think this blog uh, post here from Dave Weiner is is interesting and worth reading over. I'm not going to really... I'm not going to read any of the points that Dave makes here because without the context of the other thing, it's kind of pointless. But, you know, you can find the links to all this in in the show notes for this episode if you want to look it up. And um, I do think it's important. I think one of the things that was particularly interesting in Dave Weiner's commentary, if it has any kind of a theme that he's really trying to push forward in his thoughts and apparently you know as i think i said earlier these points are all things that he had emailed to the tau center so he's just kind of reiterating them on his blog and i guess he added a couple of things uh, afterward but his whole thing is that one of the great things about podcasting is there is no control there is no as he says here there's no algorithms no control um and that while if you want to approach podcasting as a medium that can be problematic if you want to look at it completely from a, a, a major, you know, vertical top-down strategy like a major media organization would, what's great about podcasting is it doesn't have any of that. You can get into it with, you know, virtually... None of that stuff, you know, you really just need a microphone, something to say, and the ability to publish the audio, and the tools have been around for a long time to do that. So anyway, uh, we'll link to that, and I do uh, recommend that everybody check it out, especially if you have any interest in, uh, you know, historical perspectives on the medium from someone who is, you know, incredibly uh, 
pivotal to its development. So what's next on the list, Jen? Well, before we go on the next thing to the list, I was going to say that um, it seems that I've run across things on the internet that indicate that, uh, you know, podcasting didn't start until, you know, Apple, until iTunes. Right. And it's kind of like, you know, you and I started in 2005 with podcasting before iTunes and before all of that. And I'm sitting there, you know, looking at those kind of statements going, how young are you and who did you read? You know, so I mean, I think this thing that you've just mentioned is a really good thing to take a look at, especially for people who weren't aware of podcasting or involved in it from the start. There seems to be two overriding things that I'm seeing. And the first one is that you know, Apple somehow invented podcasting, which is not true. That's not true. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is that essentially it made no di- – like it was completely irrelevant until, you know, mainstream celebrities, for lack of a better term, got into it. So there's kind of like this th- three-tiered thing where people go, oh, well, podcasting started with iTunes. They're wrong. Podcasting started with, you know, Adam Carolla. They're wrong. And then the new one we have is podcasting started with serial. So, which is, yeah, which is completely wrong. So, it's interesting because, you know, this is essentially a, um, I want to say field of study for lack of a better phrase, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I was going to say industry, but it's not really an industry. Well, it is. I mean, it is, is. but I guess it's not the way I think of it. And it's, you know, relatively new, you know, and, We've got all of these, you know, confused ideas about its origin already. Like we do need things like Dave Weiner yeah. has written to sort of straighten everybody out. You know? yeah. All right. So moving on, um, the next article that I wanted to bring in is uh, from, I think it's from SQ. I think it's called SQ. Do, do, do. Let's see. Did I put that in there correctly? Social Quaint. Social Quaint. That's what it is. I'm looking at their little icon going, wait a minute. What was that again? So Social Quaint. And they have an article called 11 Crucial to- Tools to Grow Your Podcast or Blog With on Twitter. And I'm not going to go over all of it. I generally don't look at these things too closely yeah, because I either. tend to skim and go, yeah, okay, it's telling me to do things that for me feel unnatural or that I don't think work. But there was this one, <laughs> okay? And there was this one that had to do, I'm trying to find it right now, of course, which I can't. There it is. Okay. So one of the items on their list was make sure you're not talking to yourself. And Mm -hmm. the way they felt that you should do this in this particular article was by using hashtags on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. And they used just a couple of examples like, you know, uh, President Obama did an uh, ask me anything on, on Twitter and he used the hashtag ask POTUS president of the United States. And I think at the time it was the POTUS account it was going through, you know? Um, So, you know, you get the idea. Everybody that wants to ask the president something could look at that hashtag and then, you know, you've got people engaging. Sure. Um, First of all, I suspect that the president of the United States, you know, trying to get attention for something is going to be a lot bigger than what an average podcaster is going to receive or a blogger for that matter, you know? But I think their point was, well, you know, use a a hashtag and that's going to make everything, you know, easier easy for everyone to see and you'll get a lot of engagement and all this kind of thing. Yeah, maybe if you're the president, you know, (laughs) but um, you got to be really careful with using hashtags. And I've seen some horrific examples of this. And, you know, do like some research if you look and you've got, okay, I'm going to do a live, you know, Twitter thing, answering questions or whatever. um, And I want engagement. So I'm going to use a hashtag and include my podcast in there or whatever, you know, whatever hashtag you pick, do some research, 
type it into Twitter and see who's using it already. Yeah. Because you may be linking to something you're unaware of or that is already being used in other ways that could be confusing to your audience. Like, for example, uh, an organization that has nothing to do with podcasting recently used hashtag solidarity. Yeah. Okay. And so if you saw that hashtag from that organization and said, oh, okay, I want to look at this, you'd go into hashtag solidarity and find like seven other organizations were using it. Some people were using it uh, just personally to try to uh, sort of emotionally boost up their friends who were going through something. Mm, Um, You know, there were people using it in a political way that wasn't what the organization was doing and had nothing like no convergence at all, you know, completely separate. Um, There were people that were using it in reference to whatever sports team was playing at that moment, you know? So using hashtag solidarity in that case was a terrible example because when people went to look at it, they got all these random things that didn't relate. And for me, it just made me go, okay, I'm not even going to sort through it, even though I was interested. So just that kind of thing. Um, And I think I would also suggest if you're going to do a, uh, you know, check me out on Twitter kind of thing. And here's something, you know, if you're going to do an ask me anything like the president did, um, be real careful with that and how you word it. Yeah. Because things have gone wrong with that. Like there was a bank, I can't remember which one that asked it, they were going to do an ask me anything. And they were, I think they were hoping it would engage people going, oh, how do I open an account? Or what do you have for investing? Or, you know, these kinds of things where they could use it as advertising, you know? And what they were getting were people that were angry at the bank for various reasons and asking about nefarious things they felt the bank had done. Right. You know, and how that was going to be resolved. They got that instead, you know? Um, and I think the last thing I'll say on this, never use a hashtag or a, a, a Twitter campaign that goes something along the lines of, you know, thing that you're trying to advertise, describe one, give it, describe it in one word. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that because that just invites people to give you something you don't want in right. that. You're not going to get positive things no matter what you, you know, what organization or company or podcast or blog you're trying to promote, you're going to get people who just use that as an excuse to bother people on Twitter. So don't do that one. Be really careful with hashtags. Yeah. And I don't think that's uh, really talked about in this particular article that way. So I just wanted to point that out. It's like, it's easy to go, oh, just put a hashtag, you know? Right. And, and one more, make sure your hashtag is spelled correctly. Yeah, that's important. Because um, there was... Uh, when the tragedy that happened in San Bernardino recently occurred, people were using hashtag Bernardino and some people were using hashtag Bernardino without the R. Yeah. So you had two separate ones going on, which doesn't help anyone. The one without the R is incorrect. Right. So. And I saw a, a random account today that used, uh, they, they had an article about something health related and the disease that it was talking about is shortened into an acronym of four letters and they got one of those letters wrong. Uh-huh. So, I mean, just be really careful with, yeah. you know, blogs like this one that say, oh, just put a hashtag. You need to kind of go a little deeper than that concept is all I was going to say about that one. So what do you got next for us? Okay, well, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, this almost touches a little bit on one of the things I said earlier, but uh, over at Vox.com, we have an article called Podcasting is Getting Huge. Here's why. It's by Ariel Stolberg, and this article just kind of goes on to give a very light uh, rundown of reasons why at least this author believes that podcasting is, is growing and getting bigger. If you've followed 
the podcasting space at all over the last year. You're not going to find anything here that is groundbreaking. It just kind of is the usual echo chamber of things. I just wanted to uh, to mention it because, I don't know, on one level I'm kind of getting burnt out and a little cynical over some of this. And then, you know, some of the things that are in here, okay, <laughs> Podcasting has been around for about a decade. That's what it actually says. Well, it's technically a little bit over, but about over, over, close, whatever. If 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 they'd said, you know, if if they said it had been around about half a decade, then we'd need to. We need to start leaving comments or something. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Right. And the the term is a reference to the iPod, which is true. And this this is the text that this thing actually says. Now I'm not sure how old this uh, uh, Ariel Stolberg is, but. This is what it actually says. The term is a reference to the iPod, which older readers will remember as an iPhone that only played music. <laughs> Aww. I mean, that's, wow. you know, it's accurate, though. I mean, I don't think people are using them like they did yeah. when it first came out. Yeah, I Because get your, it. your smartphone can do that, that now, you know? I get that. I get that. Yeah, I see that. Um, the thing that jumps out at me on this list are, well kind of two things they were saying um it's easier to listen to podcasts in the car so i think i'll, I'll focus on that one true it's also easier to make podcasts in the car true which it wasn't you know back in 2005 when you had it to have all this equipment and do this at home and there wasn't much in the way of uh you know, doing things in a mobile environment you know but like we've done podcast episodes in the car where i'm driving and you're you know recording and um it works out just fine and that's something you know i think is interesting that not only is it easier to listen to them it's easier to create them that way in a safe way if you pay attention and you know get someone to help you instead of trying to drive and do a podcast although i I think people have done that too sure i find uh this phrase a little funny new software platforms like stitcher overcast and castro now uh stitcher Stitcher is, you know, Stitcher is newer than, say, iTunes, but I don't feel like it's that new. Overcast is relatively new. I find it intriguing that this author chose Castro, which is a podcasting app that at least is on iOS. It might be on Android, and it's not very well-known or popular, so it's just kind of uh, intriguing to me that they reference that, like it's like it's this thing that, you know, everyone knows about and is using so, you know, a lot of the usual stuff here. Uh, the the case this person makes is that when podcasting started, it was hard to listen to, mm-hmm. you know, kind That's of true. true. And it's yeah. becoming a lot easier now that technology, you know, mobile technology is better. It's easier to listen to podcasts it's in the car, It's easier to as you find said. podcasts now when you want uh, to hear. The next know? bullet point here, podcasting is becoming professionalized. Because as we know, everyone was amateurs until, you know, NPR and everybody else got into the game. <laughs> you and I have like um, about a decade of podcasting, you know, but right. <laughs> none of that counts for anything, I guess, you know, from right. from what many of these articles kind of say. As the yeah. article says, but recently there's been a new wave of professional dedicated podcasters making shows with the same high production values you hear on the radio. And then immediately it refers to uh, Serial, This American Life, Startup, Gimlet Media, all the stuff you'd expect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Podcasting now apparently, according to this author, has a viable business model because no one ever made any money in podcasting until 2014. 
and it just yeah, goes well, on. Yeah, well, some to... people did, but I, I don't think it's necessarily accurate to say that it's got a viable business model because it only has that if you are one of these people who is already famous this or well-known on your own is true. that can get involved with, you know, right. to have something like, um, you know, National Public Radio or BBC Radio or, you know, some other large group say, oh, hey, come do a podcast. Bring your podcast over to us. We will pay you because they know that person's already well-known and they're, they're figuring everyone else is going to say, oh, I want to hear what this well-known person well-known person has to say even though he or she has never podcasted before you know what i mean so i i don't think it's i don't think that works for most podcasts you know made up of you know i'm gonna say regular folk you know i you know this whole thing about the the business model the viable business model what when i see that when i see people use a terminology like that what they're really saying is there's some infrastructure now for some podcasts, albeit a very limited number, to operate in ways that radio and TV traditionally have as far as taking advertising-based, in podcasting terms, you know, purely on CPM. In broadcast media, you'd be looking at things like rating, ratings books and stuff like that. And when people are kind of uh, lazy, unimaginative, or have a background in you know traditional media, this is the kind of thing they want to see because it's a little more what they're used to. They don't understand that there have been plenty of podcasters that have made money at varying levels almost virtually since the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of ways to do it beyond just, oh, well, I'm going to make a I'm going to make a podcast and or I'm going to you know pitch a show to one of these you know NPR offshoot networks and I'm going to get signed it kind of reminds me in a lot of ways of how people used to approach the music industry right like you couldn't you weren't anybody until you made you got signed until you got a record deal. right so and now you're not anybody until some big magazine or website or something along those lines or a radio station actually picks you up you know? Yeah, and now we're kind of seeing this expectation in podcasting. There are a lot of people who are going to start producing shows in the next few years, and you know they're they're hoping in the back of their heads that you know, yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get picked up by Gimlet Media, man. Like within a year, they so, think this. You know. Anyway, that's Anyhow. a whole a whole other lo- super right. long discussion that we don't have time for in this show. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we've got one final thing here on our list. And it is the eight important speaking and voice tips for podcasters. And this was uh, written by Sal. I think it's Sal Brigman. Yes. Uh, Sal Brigman at Podcasting Hacks. Yes. And I thought some of this would be useful. It is. It's kind of looking at it from a voice, you know, it's voice tips, actually. So it's something that if you do voice work at all, this is may be useful as well well but. yeah it's it crosses over if you're doing you know some sort of voice acting or scripted reading but even if you're just doing a very you know off the cuff kind of show like we're doing here i think there's some pretty useful stuff in here uh the first one slow down when speaking 
It seems pretty obvious. Yeah, but people don't realize the that's speed true. at which they're speaking until they start doing something that's that recorded and they listen back. And I think if you're talking about something that you're extremely passionate about, uh, you're going to start speaking faster. And right. it might be harder for your audience to kind of you know catch everything you're saying with that. Uh, one of the ones on here I thought was interesting was pay attention to how you're breathing. Okay. And uh, the reason I thought this was interesting is because, well, there's a number of reasons. One is uh, this is something they tell you if you've done, like, if you've ever been in choir. I was in choir from fifth grade through high school, and uh, they do tell you that. And if you come from a background where you've been in choir, you learn how to pay attention to your breathing because you're singing and you're trying to sustain notes for a certain amount of time. So you're, it's a whole thing. It's not just breathing, it's posture and it's how much breath you're letting out in at what pace and the volume of your voice and all of these things. And if you haven't had that training, you're probably someone who's not paying attention to your breathing at all. And this can result in things like having the microphone placed in such a way where your listeners are hearing you inhale and exhale while the other person's talking. Right. And that can be really kind of creepy <laughs> at times or it's at least true, annoying, yeah. you know, to hear someone just sort of breathing into your ear as you listen. Um, so that's something to pay attention to for sure. But it's also... Uh, you know, if you're the person that's very excited about whatever it is you're talking about, um, you know, your, uh, you know, your, your podcast is about Star Wars and you can't wait for the movie, right? You haven't seen it yeah. yet and you're super excited or you saw it and you're just overly excited about it. You're going to be talking quickly and you're not going to be paying attention to your breathing. So in the middle, you're going to take this huge breath to try to continue your thought. And that's like not what you want to do as far as making something easily listenable. Yeah. You know, and I also thought it was funny because, you know, pay attention to how you're breathing. I have a ton of allergies. Uh, many yeah. people know this if they know me. And I'm constantly paying attention to my breathing because it tells me so much more about my you know health and how I'm doing. So I thought it was funny. Um, and it just dawns on me that most people don't pay attention to how they're breathing, especially when they're being recorded. And they should. Right. I do think there's a tip on here that could go two ways. Uh, number two, use pregnant pauses for emphasis. And I think this kind of ties into the slow down when speaking because what happens is, you know, people will kind of get on a roll and you don't really have that moment where you're just kind of slowing down to kind of think about what you're saying or or let the other person who's listening kind of you know, really process everything as you go along. Or to let um, you know, if if you've got more than you know, one person doing a show, you need a minute for your co-host yeah. to jump in unless they're going to like, I'll just jump in. But um, <laughs> I think some people, if you have a guest on, you know, who right. isn't someone who podcasts all the time um, and doesn't do speaking in public and that sort of thing, they're waiting for you to stop so they can comment. Yeah. And that's not always easy to, to give them. But if you do too many pregnant pauses, you start to sound like William Shatner, <laughs> you know? Well, there's Don't that. wait too yeah. long between <laughs> words. <laughs> Ever. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there is that. And the other thing is I, I think about, you know, I, I, I edit a lot of shows and there are some speakers who have a better grasp at doing this than others. And you don't want those pauses to last too long because it then just becomes awkward and weird. And you will have to go back and, and edit that out because you have a lot of dead air. So it's something that you want to 
just uh, be mindful of. And we're not going to go over uh, Sal's entire list here. Right. It's a good list. But uh, you can uh, you know, find the link in our show notes if you want to look it over. There's definitely some useful information there. And did you have uh, anything else you wanted to add this time around, Jen? No, I think that covers it. Okay. Well, we would like to thank everybody for listening. We'll have, uh, if all goes well, and I suspect it will go that way, we'll have one more episode before the end of the year. So uh, before that, we just want to uh, wish everybody, uh, you know, happy holiday thing, whatever you're into. Merry Christmas, all that kind of stuff. Right. Before well, Hanukkah's our, over our next at this point. Yeah, Hanukkah's so over I hope you had a happy point, Hanukkah so. if you celebrate. Right. And then there's Christmas and winter solstice and summer exactly. celebrating Festivus and uh, Kwanzaa. And gosh, there's a lot in December. So whatever you're right. doing, I hope you have a good one. All right. So you can uh, find us at podcasternews.com. And we'd love to hear from you. You can follow me on Twitter at Shano, S-H-A-W-N-O. And Jen, do you want to give your Twitter? Um, my Twitter account is at Queen of Haiku because I write a lot of haiku there. Um, I used to write more. I still write some. But I put it on private just for my own sanity lately. Uh, so if you, um, if I can figure out who you are and you send me a request <laughs> to, to follow you, I will, you know, I will do that. Um, but I find that the best thing about having your account on private is you get less sort of spam accounts coming at you. Makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll be back with you in a couple weeks. Bye, people. Bye.